You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Monday, Football Monday, Monday, June 21st. He is Pete Sweeney. I am RG Ochoa. This is the SB Nation NFL Show. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you leave a rating, write a review, and make sure you just come for the good times. That's what we are here to do. Pete Sweeney, happy Prime Day to you, sir. Did not even realize it was Prime Day. I'm going to have to check out those hot deals when we get off the podcast. I do want to tell you, RJ, and I know this is an NFL show, and we're going to get into the NFL, but I'm pretty sure the Knicks are the second-best basketball team in the NBA because they lost to the eventual NBA champions, which Change is going to be the property. Atlanta Hawks. Yes. So mm. that's, and I just want to get that out there. And now I'm feeling a lot better about the Knicks season uh, because Trey Young is obviously going to win the NBA championship. So... Um, Interestingly enough, Trey Young has um, assassinated a lot of the SB Nation NFL show sector. Uh, took you out, Pete, obviously, in your beloved New York Knicks. Took out BLG right. and the 76ers on Sunday night. A uh, bit of a spoiler alert. BLG is uh, out this week. So he and I recorded this week's NFC East mixtape, which you can listen to on wicka, both. Wicka, wicka, the- wicka, wicka. There we go. On both the Blog and the Boys and Bleeding Nation podcast feeds, we recorded on Saturday before Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening. Um, and so I asked him, Pete, I said, uh, by the time people listen to this BLG, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be set. Who is going to be playing in them? And he predicted that it would be the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. So uh, a double miss for uh, Brandon Lee Godden. Remind me, reminds me a lot of championship weekend when I was the only one to predict the Chiefs and the Bucks uh, in the whole SB Nation realm and everything like that. And, and what a time. Mm. What a Who time was the was. only one that, that earnestly took the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, though? That's my That's, question. Yeah, I, we, we can move on to what we have to talk about today. <laughs> uh, so today uh, we are going to talk some hard knocks action. Who doesn't love HBO and everything that they offer come late August, uh, early September? Also, Pete, we're going to get into teams that are sort of under a lot of pressure. Uh, not necessarily like obviously under a lot of pressure, but sort right. of. Uh, you have one that is a bit of a qualifier. You had to kind of stretch the parameters a bit. Sure. Uh, there was some uh, some discourse in the uh, the pre-show meeting uh, that you know we'll get to uh, when the time is appropriate. Mm. But uh, let's go ahead and talk some hard knocks. Um, I wish we could play the music for it, but I don't think we have the right, so that sucks for us. Try to uh, imagine but, it. Try to imagine it. Mm, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, um, so Pete, over the weekend, I texted you this. I'm texting Pete all the time over the weekends. Never get any responses. It really hurts my feelings. Uh, but, I was a busy man this weekend. It's wedding season. And mm. so I was a little occupied when you're texting me about the NFL show on Saturday night. So, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the, the best dressed man in Kansas City has to look. I'm worried know, about my pocket squares and not the Arizona Cardinals. OK, RJ. Uh, well, it was the Denver Broncos who inspired this conversation. I was browsing Reddit and uh, according to Broncos Reddit, 
um, there is a user there who is claiming that the Broncos, Pete, are the team that is going to be featured on Hard Knocks this season. Now, a reminder for people who do not know, uh, there are three rules for teams that can allow them to abstain from Hard Knocks. Number one, if they have a first-year head coach. Uh, this isn't necessarily something that prohibits you from being on Hard Knocks, but if you have a first-year head coach, you can get out of Hard Knocks based off of that qualifier. Number two, if they have been to the playoffs in one of the last two seasons, which is why the Kansas City Chiefs will always not be eligible for hard knocks in the Patrick Mahomes era. Look at that, Pete. I made up for the Super Bowl comment. And finally, if they have appeared on hard knocks over the last 10 years, which obviously applies to now 11 teams with uh, the Rams and Chargers uh, having been on it together last year. Uh, So the Broncos, Pete, are claiming, or this Broncos user on Broncos Reddit, um, that, uh, that the Broncos are the hard knocks team. If you inject all of the stipulations, the only teams that are truly eligible for hard knocks this season are the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, your aforementioned Arizona Cardinals, and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I like the Broncos pick. I think it's surprising in a sense because you know the NFL, and you probably hear this all the time, RJ, where it's very, very NFC East focused. You would think that mm. if the New York Giants were eligible, this would be like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have it in New York. But I like that the NFL reportedly, or I guess rumored to be, uh, going in a different direction here. The Broncos organization is just under, I think, a lot of pressure. They had years and years of success with Peyton Manning, and I've just not been able to find that quarterback. Now they have two in the room. They have sort of uh, taken some power away from John Elway on the on the out front on the outside. It doesn't necessarily look like that because they kept him in what would be a powerful title. But a lot of the football moves are now out of his hands. And who knows here too? I mean, as this Green Bay thing continues to go on, we know that the Denver Broncos are a potential destination for Aaron Rodgers. So you might have that high drama of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater going at it. And then all of a sudden, knock on the door, Aaron Rodgers is suddenly in the mix. And I know Teddy Bridgewater is not going to like that because he didn't like the way he was treated in Carolina. And then Drew Locke will quickly become an afterthought. So there there are a lot of angles and and it stems from the front office and stems from the quarterback. Uh, You know, that would not be the first time in recent Hard Knocks history that a... uh knock was a prevalent theme given John Gruden's whole knock if you're with me uh, shtick. Um, Look, I'm fine if the Broncos are the team. I actually, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Broncos. I don't know what it is. Um, which is maybe um, one of the um, the wrenches in our friendship, Pete, our relationship. I think we're past friendship at this point. Um, right. But so, I mean, I would like to see it. I, I also feel like it would be, a, I just... Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks has been so laid out, so I definitely don't want to see the Chargers or the Rams uh, in any capacity. But, you know, a lot of people have thrown out the Jacksonville Jaguars as a suggestion. Now, the Jaguars do have first-year head coach in Urban Meyer. Uh, they can bypass the stipulation that we mentioned a little while ago. Um, but I got to be honest, Pete, I'm, I'm in no way interested in this because Hard Knocks has done the number one overall pick angle several times in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Los Angeles Rams, and that was even like, not only the number one overall pick, but that was the like, we just moved to L.A. I don't need this. Like, I, and, and they had the Cleveland Browns when Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. And we had the quarterback, what was it, the quarterback bus or quarterback right. RV or whatever. Um, that was when we found out it was Terod Taylor, and that really kind of set the internet on fire. Um, the Broncos don't really have like a, a major storyline, so to speak. Um, and so 
in that sense, they're fascinating. I kind of agree with you, though. I would love to see the New York Giants just because that is that would be such a really, really rare thing to watch. Well, I think also, too, you are the Cowboys beat guy, right? And I'm obviously the Chiefs guy. There is some intrigue, in my opinion, to how the Broncos are preparing, because now the Chiefs have been the class of the AFC West and it's surrounding Patrick Mahomes. You know, Hard Knocks cameras and microphones are just around all the time. There's always been a question, I think, if you're a fan of the Chiefs, you watch AFC West football, where you are wondering just how much are they really building and preparing to like, we have to find a way to beat Patrick Mahomes because he's just Mm. such a dynamic player. So I would be intrigued, you know, even from a Chiefs perspective, going into a camp like that are they how much are they saying his name how much are the coaches saying we got to find a way to beat uh, a quarterback who can do it all and as for the mobile and through the air and so on and so forth and how are they preparing for that uh, really would be intriguing part of it for me also denver around that time of year pretty beautiful you know what i mean like let's yeah. let's get some some shots of the, the tall trees. Summer. yeah the mountains i mean like i'm all yeah. about this um pete the last thing this is actually the thing i was more intrigued by um i also sent this to stats who you can hear uh, i think they are they still doing the podcast is that still a thing are you sure or do you know i can confirm nor deny um Okay, you can confirm more. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, among or throughout this thread um, that was the rumor on Broncos Reddit, uh, the same user noted that the NFL was going to make an announcement in July that was going to be very cool and first said, I can't say much. All I can say is uh, get ready for the D. Um, and the hint, I assume, was the classic uh, Denver Broncos logo with the D with the horse uh, riding out. You know, talk about the old school helmet logo. Sure. Um, and um, and then the same user just came back and said, you know what? Screw it. I can't contain myself anymore. Um, <laughs> the, the deal here is that uh, the NFL is getting rid of the one helmet rule. I'll explain that in a moment. Um, and that several teams are going to be wearing throwback helmets and alternative helmets in 2021. Now, for anyone who is unaware, I believe this began in 2014. Uh, the National Football League instituted a rule where teams could only wear one base helmet uh, for health reasons was their outlining. Uh, obviously, this isn't the case in college football. You see college teams wearing like seven or eight different helmets throughout a season. Um, and this has inhibited, Pete, some teams when it comes to their throwback uniforms, which is yeah. obviously what everybody cares about. It hasn't proclivated, uh, whatever, whatever that word is. It hasn't inhibited other teams from wearing <laughs> their throwback uniforms. You think about like the Chicago Bears when they re- wear that kind of basic uniform. All they do is take the C off because it's just a decal, right? When right. the Green Bay Packers wear that Navy uniform with the khaki pants, they just take the, the G off their helmet. Uh, right. but there, there are some teams like the Dallas Cowboys who, when they wear their throwback uniforms, it involves a throwback helmet that is a different color. The Cowboys throwback is white. Um, but so this user, Pete, said that uh, the helmets that they are aware, and I will stress again, this is a rumor, um, are the Cleveland Browns wearing white helmets, mm-hmm. uh, the Green Bay Packers with green helmets. That would be very interesting. The San Francisco 49ers with silver helmets. That was why I sent that to stats, and that is a huge throwback. The aforementioned Dallas Cowboys with white helmets, the Denver Broncos with light blue helmets. We have seen, Pete, the Broncos rock the D logo uh, when they go with their color rush uniforms, but they've put it on their Navy helmet that they traditionally wear right now. The Seattle Seahawks, Pete, with silver helmets. Shout out to, of course, the classic old AFC West Seattle Seahawks. 
and the New England Patriots with Pat the Patriot, which is, of course, a white helmet. Uh, the user did mention that the Rams and Buccaneers reportedly will have some helmets that are not as throwbacky, but Bruce Arians did bring up wanting to wear the creamsicle jerseys, which do involve a white helmet. Yeah. This is uh, an explosive story. Thank, thank you to NFL. <laughs> explosive rumor. It. Explosive rumor, to be clear. I got a couple of things on this. First of all, it's the middle of the offseason, and this could not be a better gift for RJ Ochoa. This is right up your alley. You love to talk about uniforms in the middle of the season. We spend minutes in the middle of the NFL season where we could be talking about game analysis, but we're talking for two to three minutes about uniforms. So I'm happy That's that right. we get to talk about this with you. I have a question for you on this. Wasn't there a story or a problem originally with the L.A. Rams switching their uniforms where they had really it was, I think, a complete blue and yellow and they still had to wear those old helmets for a season because of like a silly rule or something like that? So um, when the Rams first moved to Los Angeles in 2016, yeah. when they were on Hard Knocks, they wanted to don, I believe, the um, the old Fierce and Foursome uniforms, which were blue and white. Right. Um, and so and, and the Ram horn was white. By the way, Pete, I don't know if you know this. The Rams were the first team to ever have a logo or, or a dec- like a logo decal on their helmet. Fred Gerke baked the Ram logo on there mm-hmm. in his oven. The Gerkmeister, Gerk- uh, right. yeah. Uh, and, um, and so the NFL, um, you have to put in a request to change uniforms. And I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it takes like three years, uh, which is why the Rams had to go the 16, 17, 18, I guess even 19 seasons uh, without, you know, getting their new uniforms that they were able to unveil last year. And so what the Rams would do, because they did want to kind of like put a new identity on it, they would wear the white Ram horn because, again, that was just changing the decal on the same base helmet. You know what Understood. I mean? Understood, yeah. Um, and so they they would change the the color of the horn and they would kind of wear, you know, they would wear white jerseys and white pants. But the problem is, if you remember the, the older Rams uniforms that they did away with, the sleeve had a hint of gold. So they, they, they were kind of like half in half out that's why the best rams look in that awkward time uh was the greatest show on turf rams the kind of like you know uh standard yellow one uh but yeah so that was a weird situation um this what i'm saying is like this rule in the nfl is just so silly it almost reminds me of taunting and celebrations when they were a little bit stricter i know that they have eased a little bit on the celebrations i think they're making taunting stricter again, which I, I think is, is another mistake in my opinion, mm-hmm. because I just look at these rules and if, if a rule or something or, or a law or an NFL bylaw is preventing fun and it's like not hurting anybody and it improves the fun and enjoyment of the game, then just do it. I mean, who cares? As long as these helmets meet the safety protocols, let let go Roy G. Biff. Let every team have <laughs> pin helmets if they want for throwback jerseys and stuff like that. Like one of the cooler parts of the NFL, no offense to the rest of the NFL and the 31 other fan bases, is what the Seattle Seahawks can do with all their different styles of uniforms. And I like, yeah. wonder how they're going to show up. And there should be no restrictions. If the Seahawks want to wear 16 different uniforms and whatever kind of green, green, yeah, 17 green, <laughs> gray combination whatever and different neon helmets glow in the dark night at the what is it say at the link glow in the dark night at the link they should be able to do whatever they want and so yes please i hope this is more than just a rumor i hope this is a real thing 
open it up because it would make every it, throwback jerseys and games like you you had a a, a season I, I did not know i was going to be so passionate about this but you yeah. had a season where they said no 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 we're going to do color rush and it's like these uniforms are gross let these teams do whatever they want and like really get some nice looking jerseys if they want to do it there's some teams that are just going to go with the classic whatever but there should be no restrictions and that, that's my end of, end of my uniform rant now, I do want to mention, because uh, you likely inspired a lot of people with the rant, um, and so I think people are nervous that they might be let down, right? Like, if this doesn't end up happening. <laughs> uh, so it should be mentioned, the reason I gave life to this at all in our Saturday Night Text conversation when you were out on the dance floor um, was because about a month ago, uh, Pro Football Talk reported that this could happen, that the, the league could do away with the one helmet rule, which would obviously allow for, you know, different, you know, um, versions of helmets yeah. and uniforms. I would love, you mentioned the Seahawks, I would love to see Russell Wilson, assuming he is a Seattle Seahawk, uh, wear the, you know, classic Seahawks uniform. I would love to see the Cowboys go back to their throwbacks. By the way, the last time the Cowboys went to Kansas City, which they will do this year, they did wear their throwback uniforms when Miles Austin went off. The Chiefs were wearing their throwback uniforms that day too, the OG Dallas Texans. Right. Uh, but but that one is still involves the kind of base red helmet. I am intrigued by the idea of the Packers wearing a green helmet. Um, I think it would be gross, um, but still, I want to see it just for the purposes of, of saying I saw it. So um, that is what it is. Your last take on the helmets, uniforms, which 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 team uniform, which alleged uniform here, Pete, alleged helmet, rather, are you most excited about? Again, the list that was on this uh, Reddit thread, uh, the Cleveland Browns with white helmets, Packers with green, Niners with silver, Cowboys white, Broncos light blue, but we've seen that before, Seahawks with silver, seen it before, Patriots with Pat the Patriot, and the Rams and Buccaneers with something that is not as throwback -y. I probably pat the Patriot. I think I know. <laughs> I know the Patriots are such a hated team, but that is just such a classic helmet and i like being able to watch the new school patriots and then they sort of look like some of those old school teams that's actually something that i really love with the chiefs not really going too crazy with their uniforms is these mm. guys look like they did in 1955 sure. you know so i i really like the idea to actually have the true throwback look and then you go to that grainy nfl films um you know film video and you could compare the the players in in the full uniforms. I'm excited for this. No brainer, NFL Raj. No brainer. Get it done. Uh, my last thought on this is not mentioned on this list, but I would love to see the Buffalo Bills wear the like '90s Bills uniforms with the red helmet. You know, like yeah. I would love to see that just once. Uh, it'd be really cool to watch. Um, something I don't know if I'd be down to explore is uh, the Indianapolis Colts with a blue helmet. Like if you just invert the colors, you know what I mean? Right. I don't I don't know if that would be cool or if that would be a big miss, but uh, either way. Um, okay, we have uh, some teams to get to that are under sort of a lot of pressure, but before we do, we have to pay the bills, so we're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It is Monday Football Monday. Pete went out. He got a whole dozen of cinnamon rolls. He has promised to share them with all of Mm. us. Pete, do you like your cinnamon rolls warmed up or room temperature? You know, RJ, I like them light and sweet like me. Mm, good way to roll. Good way to live. Yeah, it was no pun, no pun intended way to on roll. good way to no, roll. Quite, yeah. quite, yeah, you're, you're, um, you're right on with that. Good way mm. to roll. And it's light and sweet, again, like me. Uh, teams that are sort of under a lot of pressure, Pete, was the uh, the name for the category that we ultimately settled on. Um, this mm-hmm. this was heavily under construction. Pete right. and I we got a little aggressive with one another. Uh, Pete may or may not have dropped an expletive. Uh, yeah. No, talk, I'll, yeah, talk what, I mean, this is what form. happened. Like you came at me this morning, you said two specific qualifiers for this team, sort of under a lot of pressure and facing pressure, but maybe no one's not talking about it enough. Mm. And then you rip off five teams. How many of these teams could possibly uh, exist in the NFL? Then I sent my list, and it's like, well, I don't know if this <laughs> one is right in the criteria. I'm like, you gave very specific criteria, and I'll tell you what expletive without saying it. I said he was chapping my. A and he was he was chapping my A. I showed up to this podcast with a red A today, and look, it's it's sore, but I'm I'm here. I'm we're gonna get this done. RJ, I'll let I'll let you start us off on this well, one. Well, here's the thing, Pete. I I know I've seen you be great. All right, like 360 days of the year, you're mm, great. You have right. five off days, right? I mean, they're sure. sporadic, and sure. I know that that lives within you. So like, I have to chap you because I yeah, I no. have to yield that greatness. Sometimes you know. Sometimes you got that TL, man, yeah. that tough love. Uh, so that, you know, we're here, we arrived, but so teams so today, I could be in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, uh, uh, teams that are sort of under a lot of pressure. What I meant by this um, is there's a lot riding on their season, a lot of potential change, a maybe huge potential contract, the legacy of certain people. Um, but nobody's really talking about them. Like everybody acknowledges there's a ton of pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on the Buffalo Bills, on and on and on. But there are teams that are kind of skating by, and I am not going to allow it anymore. We're going to put hold their feet to the fire and you know say, hey, you're sort of under a lot of pressure. And so with that being said, number one on my list, the Los Angeles Rams. All right, look, I'm excited to watch Matthew Stafford in Sean McFay's offense, but there has been so much crowning that has gone on with that already, right? Like people are like, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And it might be, but what if it's not like, what if, what if this is just uh, another version of what we've seen from the Rams to a larger uh, degree in the success department, but not enough success. Like, is that not a huge failure? Like if, if this does not yield a championship for Sean McVay and less need, this is a, this is definitely a huge failure. Like this has to work. You, you have run out of chances. You've had an enormous amount of get out of jail free cards when it comes to the national media criticizing you for things. It's time for you to answer the call. Yeah. And I, I think 
the move to go get Stafford, it is a good one, in my opinion. I'm very excited to see what Stafford can do with someone who is considered a really competent coach and can look at what he does well and build around him. And we've heard the wonder kinds that is McVay. It's a little bit old now where that has been a a ongoing storyline for a long time where the pressure starts to seep in. I think is now you're buying into Stafford. Your safety net is gone. If you do not win the division, right? Now people are like, well, you can't turn to Jared Goff anymore. You have right. your punching bag's gone. Exactly. It is over. So now I think if you have a season where you don't make the postseason, you got no one else to point to but McVay. And so, yes, exciting that he's finally got his guy, but the safety net is gone. Mm, yeah, I mean, Sean McVay is awesome. And by the way, the podcast it is with Peter Schrager is super cool, super informative, etc. But you're right, like his, you know, you ever like, um, you ever like get in a situation where you are not necessarily like preparing to fail, but you already know like, well, if this doesn't work, like I have the thing I'm going to blame, right? You know, like I play a lot of golf and it's all it's usually the club's fault you know what i mean like that's sure. that's been sean mcveigh and jared goff is all i'm saying um p doesn't play as much golf as i do because p is wrecking it on the pickleball court uh but I, so i do play pickleball <laughs> i do have a golf tournament coming up this weekend had it last year played with my dad i said man golf is fun i'm Hop gonna a swing i'm gonna play a ton in between last year's tournament and this year's this weekend will be the first time playing golf since last year's tournament Mm. Well, hopefully uh, you are not weighing your father down. Happy belated Father's Day to Mr. Sweeney. Um, okay, uh, the younger Sween, uh, give us your first team that is sort of maybe kind of potentially under a lot of pressure. Okay, I think, and, you know, this would be similar to if RJ just ripped off, say, the WFT or the Philadelphia mm. Eagles, but mm. it's the Las Vegas Raiders, and I just... I, I don't think there's bias here when I say that. I mean, this is now year four of the John Gruden experience. And so far, the results have been four and 12, seven and nine and eight and eight, which, yeah, I guess you can say that's a small improvement each and every year, <laughs> right? I mean, your record is improving, but they didn't hire John Gruden to just incrementally increase their win total each and every year they hired him to make the best of Derek Carr and propel this team into the postseason and propel them potentially to win the division what has been stunning with this team to me and again I I, I'll say this and I want to preface it again as a Chiefs guy I'll I love Justin Herbert and I'm happy to say that even though the Chargers are in the division with the Chiefs, this team continues to buy in and buy in with Derek Carr and to back him up and not take a quarterback or not try to sign one. And so on. I know that there was possible interest in acquiring Aaron Rodgers, but none of that came to fruition. And then Derek Carr, he's a little sensitive. He's a blocker on Twitter. And he has said recently that he was traded from the Raiders. He would quit football. I just don't like the vibe of this team. And now you're in the fourth year of this, what, 10-year, $100 million contract. Is John Gruden fired yet.com continues to tick a 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 Do you truly think that the John Gruden Raiders are ever going to make the postseason? Because I certainly have started to have my doubts. So, first of all, if they don't make the postseason in his first 
I'll say six years. This is year four, correct? Um, in his first six years, yeah, because he joined in 2018, uh, was the return. Um, in fact, I'll say four years because if if he doesn't make, you know, he would have had two seasons at that point. Like half of the four year run would have involved, would have been in a world that wasn't even the case when he took the job, where there were three wild cards, right? Like that wasn't even the case when he took the job, and so. Like the the idea of making the playoffs theoretically became easier two years yeah. into the process, and so um, hopefully I explained myself rather well and didn't completely collapse. I have a, a take that I'm honestly surprised by uh, in myself uh, because Derek Carr is an easy punching bag. Like we have all taken our turns, you know, criticizing Derek Carr, and the frustrating thing, and BLG has said this really well. Like he is the the worst quarterback to have because he's just good enough to yep. keep you interested, but he can't. You know, reach that Kirk next cousins ask if you right will. totally. Um, now Derek, unlike Kirk, makes himself really memeable, you know, and is unafraid to kind of wear his emotions on his sleeve, which again is a cool thing. You mentioned the quote that he had last week at minicamp. I actually kind of love the quote. Um, as as fans, and I've talked about this with Dak Prescott, it is the coolest thing in the world when the face or the favorite player on your team loves playing for that team. And so to me, like it is sick that Derek Carr is saying, I don't want to play anywhere else. Like if I was traded, I would just retire. Like I'm a Raider. I want to be a Raider and it's probably not going to work out for him, but that is really cool that he loves the franchise that much. And it's unfortunate that the franchise is so dysfunctional. I don't want to get to the point where I, I'll like, I, I'll be saying that, John Gruden and Mike Mayock wasted Derek Carr's career, but they really have done him no favors. You know, like this, this little run has not been kind to Derek Carr um, I, and, I, it, and I, history I, will not look kindly on it. And it's not entirely his fault. I think it's exactly what you said though. Like, I think for me, Carr has like top 15, if around 15 to me is like his ceiling. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but that is a philosophical problem. Like, and you know, t- teams, it's not always going to be fortunate where you can get a quarterback at a, at a, at a right time. And we know that there's not 32 of these elite type of franchise guys in the league, but I just always felt these teams that have someone like that. And they know that the ceiling is right around that 10 to 15 area. You got to keep trying, keep throwing those darts dark. And you should be doing that each and every year. Now it hasn't worked for teams like the Denver Broncos who are still on the hunt, but at least like they're trying in a sense. I, I think, you know, what, you're going to get with Derek Carr. Do you think, RJ, that Derek Carr can win a Super Bowl? Because to me, the answer is absolutely not. No, but I have a prediction on where Derek Carr will be playing in 2022. You ready for this? Where's that? Oh, yeah. Because it's not Vegas, right? Because we both believe, to your point, that the pressure's on um, and that things are not going to work. When they don't make the playoffs this year, it's either Gruden or Carr that's getting quote unquote fired and I don't think Gruden's getting fired so well no and then and then the narrative will be Gruden you know like I'm I'm ready to get my guy commit to my guy like this this has always been a process another three years essentially um so this will be like full circle not really full circle like NFL but full circle with a particular uh group of people uh whose last names are all Carr uh Derek Carr will be the quarterback of the Houston Texans like there's that's inevitable Mm. at this point right like it it truly is I mean it's absolutely inevitable that he'll be the quarterback of the Houston Texans and I think he'll actually have more success there because while they are also dysfunctional um independent of their own quarterback situation right now I think that they are in a weird way like they're 
they like enjoy the dysfunction less than the Raiders do, if that makes sense. Um, but I agree that the Raiders are under sort of a lot of pressure. Um, let's move on. Um, I have the Cleveland Browns, Pedro, Woo! on my list. Now, here's the thing. Cleveland Browns took a huge step last year. Big time step. Awesome. Kudos. Vanquished the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wild card round. Good for you. Respect, man. You did it. You have arrived. But here's the thing now. And, and they almost beat the Chiefs, right? Like, you you know that. It was, that was yeah. close. Uh, yes. But you have arrived. You know what I mean? Like, now you're no longer the plucky, go lucky, like, wow, this is so cool. We're doing things that we haven't done in forever. Like, no. Now you're here, which means you need to take the next step. And I mentioned when we kind of started this category and the subject about contracts that were on the line, like Baker Mayfield, I don't, I don't see any world where the Browns move on from him, but I mean, this could end up Dak Prescotty in that, you know, they delay, you know, getting him a deal. They set up a situation where he balls out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's all the reason in the world for the Browns to be great again in 2021, but you have to have more success or else. I mean, like I understand you know, being happy to be there, right? That that kind of has been the vibe around the Browns for the last, you know, two years or so now after Baker's rookie season. But you're here now. You know what I mean? Like, get yeah. on the dance floor. Like, Pete, Saturday night, you know? Like, they're playing the Cupid Shuffle. You know, this. Yeah. you know all the moves. Like, it's time to get to work. To the right, to the right, to the right, to the right. And I'll say that I agree with you. I think you're right. And I think you made a great case. And they have a really good defense, the skill position players are 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 in. Um, everyone is saying that Odell Beckham Jr. is in the best shape of his life mm. after the injury. Which Never heard that before this time of year. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a side story. You know, some Cleveland fans and really fans across the league have debated: Are the Browns better without OBJ? No, no, they're not. Stop that. Um, but a lot of skill position players in place. I really like the receiving core. I think they got the best running back tandem in the league. 100 the one question is Baker Mayfield, right? Because you you know that people believe in Kevin Stefanski and what he was being able to do in that in that building. And so can Baker play well enough to and you know, you talk about goals for a team. I don't think they need to win the Super Bowl this year for it not to be considered a failure because I I, I do think they're still a rising team. But you know, now you lost in what was the divisional round uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think an AFC title appearance is a reasonable expectation and would be considered a success. Covering the Chiefs here in Kansas City, the Chiefs would get like one round further as the years went on with Alex Smith and then eventually Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, everyone wanted to win the Super Bowl, but I think people were fine with that. Okay, we're building, we're building, mm-hmm. we're building. And so now you got to win that that next game in in the playoffs. And in, in, that, in that fashion, then you say, okay, now the Browns are in the final four. All right, you know, and... I've always said this too, and I, I, it's more of a, a comment about all sports than just the NFL, but maybe even especially the NFL. If you can advance to the Final Four, it's an any, any given Sunday type of game. You never know how a game is going to go. And then suddenly, maybe the Browns are in the Super Bowl. So I think get to that AFC title weekend. Mm, I think that's that's really fair. I mean, like that's a lofty goal, but you've had that incremental growth. Like it's not I, – I don't view – um, and I don't mean this with disrespect to them, but I don't view these Browns the way I viewed the 2019 Tennessee Titans that got to the title game against Kansas City, right? That felt a little bit like a one-off, especially because like Tannehill had started or, you know, taken over midseason. Like it just kind of felt like not lightning in a bottle, but kind of along those lines. And to Tennessee's, you know, you know credit, they kind of, you know, 
justified that in 2020, although obviously they took a step back in terms of overall uh, points that they got in their season, getting bounced by the Ravens. But um, to that point, this this hasn't been like that. This has been a slow burn, right? Like rookie season. Okay, Baker's going to come in. He's going to beat the Jets that first game when he takes over for Terod Taylor. Okay, he's going to have some struggles, some bumps along the road. That changing offenses, though, for quarterback, that's real, though. And and now you take that excuse away by being with Stefanski again. And so all the excuses are off the table for Baker. I mean, it's, it's either you're, you're an elite quarterback, you're a top 10 guy, or you're not. We're going to find out. You're you're in the second year with the reigning coach of the year. Your team is really good. Your defense is really good. You have uh, miles Garrett, but a lot in a lot of sports books is the favorite to win defensive player of the year. I mean, you, you have a lot of things going for you and you're at a point if you're the Browns, where the division is super attainable. Like I think I think the other thing is like you mentioned getting to the AFC championship game, which is obviously a more important thing, but you got to win the division. Right. Like you can't you can't be the wild card team anymore because the Steelers are clearly on the decline, uh, the anti come up um, of the week, so to speak. The Ravens can be had. Right. If you're the Browns, the Ravens can totally be had. And the Bengals are still some time away from ultimately getting to where they want to get to with Joe Burrow. So get yourself some hats and T-shirts around Christmas time. Get to the AFC title game. Boom. Let's party. Pete, your and, team. Ne- or no, and, so, no, go ahead. no, last point on the Browns. And I mean, aren't we all looking forward to a playoff game in the dog pound? Oof, oof, oof. Remember the Browns won in Pittsburgh last year before losing in Kansas City. I think that place would be rocking. Uh, you had just mentioned them, so I'm going to switch my order up here a little bit. But the Tennessee Titans to me, um, maybe more obvious than deserves to be in sort of having pressure this year. But Mike Vrabel and the defense just it needs to be better. Bottom third in the league in points per game, uh, bottom five or so in yards per game. Your key additions here were Josh Reynolds and, of course, Julio Jones. The Nico Autry, we just talked about the Steelers, Bud Dupree, Janoris Jenkins coming in. Uh, you have some key rookies there. I know Caleb Farley sort of dipped and fell to them, which was fort- fortunate. 6'2", 197, former QB that has thought to be improving and could be a really, really uh, good defensive back for this Titans team. So you got an offensive weapon that puts you right on the same plane offensively with the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills. I think that is fair to say, especially when you have Derrick Henry, who we know is one of the better running backs in the league. Now the question is, what is the defense going to do? And a lot of people have questioned Vrabel and his leadership style now that they were not making the AFC title game and then got ran out of the playoffs last year. I think they need to make the playoffs and make some noise to feel like the season was a success. Yeah, and I think what's been fun about Vrabel's Titans is they – are not shy about like punching someone in the mouth and then being like, we punched that person in the mouth, right? Like it was really fun when they punched the Ravens in the mouth two years ago. And, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, we did that. And then, but guess what, man, like a team's going to spend a year getting better and then come punch you back, which is what the Ravens did a year ago, obviously. Sure. And so like, now you're at that point, like now kind of in a different sense uh, than Cleveland, they've arrived. They're a threat. They're a team. They can attract a Julio Jones, albeit via trade, but you know, they aren't, they are no longer the, the on the rise Titans. Like if you want to be an AFC powerhouse, if you want to be in the same conversation as Kansas city, as Buffalo, et cetera, I mean, you got to have some staying power and to have staying power, you got to get further than you did. You've already made an AFC championship game. That's not going to be enough. Like, like if we're putting goals on it here, like you almost have to really challenge at the title game. Maybe you get to the super bowl because people are expecting that. Like a lot of that nucleus is there. And while Derek Henry is proving to be the exception uh, to the, you can't pay running backs argument. I mean, that 
that window is is going to dissipate at a certain point. Like it, it, he is going, I don't want to say to fall off a cliff, but like he is going to go from being like Derek Godmode Henry to just being a really good running back. And when that happens, it's difficult to sustain the offensive identity that you've had at this point. Yeah, completely agree. And they have an interesting schedule. I mean, we'll see almost right away if they are a team that can battle with the teams we expect to be competitors in the 2021 season. Their second game of the year, as I look at the schedule, is at Seattle. I think we're going to find out really quickly, okay, are the Titans for real? Or is this a, a train that's about to get derailed and fall off? And then you start to have questions about Mike Vrabel and his job security. Uh, Pete is wearing a Tennessee Titans aqua blue shirt today, by the way, for the purposes. Music of City Mike used to be on this program. Now mm. I'm just Music City Pete. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, okay, so uh, moving on, um, I'm going to say that this is also a candidate, or they are also a candidate to have Derek Carr be their quarterback in 2022. Um, you, uh, you know, your chappedness clapped back at this suggestion from me. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I've said it before. Like, I, I think the Steelers are bottoming out this year, dude. Like, I'm not saying like three and 14, but they are going to be really bad. It's going to be the first season that, that Mike Tomlin has a below. I know that he can't have a 500 record, but like has a below 500 record. This team, th this is, I, I've seen the Cowboys do this, which is why I feel so passionate about it. You simply cannot say, I used to say for years, Pete, um, that the Cowboys were trying to get back to the moment that Dez caught it at Lambeau Field, right? Like, right. And, and we see teams do that, right? Like they, they had this so, like so close moment and they think like, well, we can just get right back there and the additions that we had will power us through that moment. Like that's not the case. It's so difficult to even get back to that moment. And I think the Steelers are trying to get back to where they were when they were undefeated last year. And that's just not going to happen. Like it, it's not. And I, I think like, They've been so awkward about the way they've handled their offense. Their defense is really great, but their offense is, is really going to inhibit them all throughout the season. And, and I think it's going to be it, – it, this is going to be a – you're going to reach a point where the offense is the main issue. I'm not going to quite say 2015 Denver Broncos-ish, but but that was that was an awkward elephant in the room, right? Like this offense is clearly holding the team back with this Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think because of the way Ben Roethlisberger has been that Peyton Manning wasn't, then the finger pointing is going to start, right? Like then, yeah. then Ben Roethlisberger is going to come out and we're going to have some inner turmoil. I really do anticipate that. Yeah. I just think it is a team with like a lot of parts, but no body to put the parts on anymore. Meaning you have mm. Juju Smith Schuster, you have James Washington, Chase Claypool, Giante Johnson. I think you even have Najee Harris, who I think is going to be a sneaky good fantasy player this year. And I'll explain why right now. Because Big Ben is playing in a 15 to 20 yard window. Unless they change their offense to really make it a run first type of thing. I just don't think Big Ben has that anymore. I think we're going to find that really early on in the season. I'm sorry, Steelers fans. I know this is like something you're really passionate that's not going to happen. But I just I feel that way. It finally feels like, and I said this to you in our chat, the final, final, final year of Big Ben's career. And I just don't think it's going to go well. And I think it's going to be frustrating to the talented receivers that I just mentioned because, you know, you put Smith Schuster, you put Claypool, you put Johnson on another, on another team. 
surprising that Smith Schuster would go back to the situation, by the way, when he had other options. But you mm. put you put them on another team and they may be having these fantastic production seasons, but there is just such a low ceiling, I think, when it comes to Big Ben. And just to assume, like we saw him and struggle at the end of last year, just to assume, oh, you know, it's a new season. No, this year his arm is going to be live and back. Why? What makes you say that? And if the quarterback is not there, then you have nothing. And so that's kind of where I'm at on the Steelers. I hate to say it. I think the NFL is better when the Steelers are good, but this is not a team that's making the playoffs, in my opinion. So I like the way you put it, where you said this is like a team with a lot of parts, but no body. Uh, Pete and I are around the same age. Pete is definitely older. Um, do you remember, Pete, when we were kids and, yeah. the ins- and the Inspector Gadget movie with Matthew Broderick came out and McDonald's had the uh, Happy Meal toys? Do you remember this? Yeah. And, and they were like the different pieces of assembling like your overall Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. What do we talk about? We don't have the rights to theme songs. Here you go. Yeah. Just, I can't just, sing. You know, I don't know. I mean, okay. <laughs> but, uh, either way, from the record. Uh, either way, um, like if you don't remember, not you, people, I know you do, but the listener, at the time the movie came out, you would go get a Happy Meal and like one prize would be like his arm and then the next prize would be like his leg and then the next prize would be like his head. And like the goal was to collect them all and you could, you know, put them together and build this big time Inspector Gadget man. Um, And so the Steelers are like Inspector Gadget, that version, but without the body, like the literal body that you talked about. Um, So that sucks for them. Um, Yeah, agreed. And just probably a side note here. I really enjoyed the Mafia run Monopoly game more so than mm. the toys mcdonald's okay. have you seen uh the documentary on this by the way yeah that's why i know it was run by the mafia yeah yeah that was uh what is the documentary called uh man we got i'm pete stall from you while i look it up um yeah so essentially there was a lot of background and some interesting figures that were really behind old's monopoly game which was a lot of fun by the way but in some in some ways it was actually unwinnable and kind of a scam and this yeah. is what the documentary is about uh it was called mcmillions and uh um, I, yes. I believe it's on hbo uh it's several parts it's like eight episodes my wife and i watched it uh early in the pandemic like one weekend uh really 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 cool cannot recommend it enough uh pete's on fire pete who's your next team yeah, I know we're up against it, so I'm going to lump these two together. And they're yeah, two- I'm, I'm going to lump my last two together. So there's a lot of lumping going on. It's a yeah. lumpy end of the show. The NFC East, there, I think there are two two teams. Well, one team and one player, which, again, mm. RJ was giving me, um, you know, I said A before. RJ was giving me S about the fact that I picked <laughs> one of these. Um, first is the Giants. You know, this is Dave Gettleman. And uh, he's been at it, what, since since 2018? Everything was or made about the fact that he finally traded back and the Giants go and take uh, Kadarius Toney and they added a wide receiver finally for Daniel Jones and Kenny Goff season. I feel very similarly to the way I feel about the Raiders to the New York Giants. Mm. I just don't know what they see in Daniel Jones. I, I think at a certain point as a as a general manager in a front office, you have to admit to yourself, okay, look, we might have gotten this one wrong. And if you can admit that and the ownership is behind you and say, look, we're going to st- stick with you, then you got to start throwing darts again. So to me, I, I think this is a season and you know, you had an embarrassing NFC East. No offense, RJ, but like mm-hmm. any of these teams that didn't win it, last year that's so embarrassing i mean it was an under 500 division and so naturally there's pressure built in but i think especially for the gettleman built giants i think 
Judge is probably a, a bit safer than Gettleman. I think at a certain point, if Judge might, you know, end up saying, I, I don't know if I have the, the tools here to get this done, especially with Jones at the quarterback. Let's stick with quarterbacks in the NFC East. And this is the one you disagreed with, of course, because you are in love. Uh, it's Dak Prescott. And I know that there's <clears throat> the natural pressure and everybody understands the pressure that's built in with Dak. But I think what's most interesting about it to me, and this is where the sort of pressure comes in, it's like, it's almost unfair expectations. Now, I know he, he got the big contract finally, but this is unprecedented as far as Dak, like Alex Smith last year, comes into the season as probably the comeback player of the year favorite. But at the same time, he has MVP expectations. That's so rare for someone having a major in injury. So maybe it doesn't fit into like the sort of pressure because I think everyone understands that they're, is this pressure on Dak now that he's got the contract? I just think it's an unprecedented situation, unprecedented pressure on Dak Prescott. So um, to address the Giants' point quickly here, um, going back to the NFC's mixtape uh, that BLG and I recorded that will come out on Wednesday, uh, we talked about most overrated players in the NFC East at the moment. We picked uh, one offensive and one defensive player for each team. The offensive player that he picked for the New York Giants was Saquon Barkley. Um, just in the sense that, like, he is, I mean, he's the, he was a second overall pick, right? Like that, like, and, and the identity of the offense is, is like structured and built around him. I know they signed Kenny Galladay this offseason, but like the, the overall formula they have going on is like, can't work. You know what I mean? Well, and it won't work. It, like, especially it, with Daniel Jones. The problem I think with Saquon is he's got to stay on the field, which is just something you can't predict or guarantee. And right. that's what's, that is what is like a philosophical problem as well as of drafting a running back. So early is it, those guys get hurt. I mean, right. on every team. And it's just, now you've put a lot of investment and capital into that player. And for the GM's sake, he's got to stay on the field again. You can't guarantee that though. Right. They, they just have these like weird, like it's, it's a weird, like hodgepodge of ingredients, right? Like they have the second overall pick in a running back. They have a first round pick of Daniel Jones. They have a big time free agent wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. They extended uh, Sterling Shepard. I mean, they have a weird offensive coordinator in Jason Garrett. They have kind of a figurehead head coach in Joe judge. They have a general manager that doesn't seemingly know what he's doing. And uh, Dave Gettleman, although he had a pretty respectable draft this, this past season uh, that involved a trade back with the Chicago bears. I mean, like, it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, it. I, I've said this before. The only team, the only team in the NFC that I am 100% confident will be worse than the Giants this season are the Detroit Lions. That's it. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I think the Giants are among the very worst teams in the whole conference. I don't believe in them, uh, but you're right. Like, and the I margin, think the, and the margin there might be so small. We're working on these new records here, so I'm trying to keep it smart. Like it could be the difference between like four and thirteen or five and twelve, which is right. weird, weird to say, and we got to get used to that. But that it, it's close. I, would you be stunned if the Giants are not picking in the top five? I I would not be at all. You know, I would I would be stunned if they were not picking in the top five. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I, I think they're bad. Um, but so but to get to the DAC point, the reason I clapped and chapped Pete uh, was because. Like the idea that Dak, it's not like obvious that he's under pressure. Well, that was what I disagreed with. Like the whole point of this was supposed to be like some sort of low keeping. But then Pete, you know, noted I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers and we argued. So it's fine. We're here. We're just hashing it out. Hashtag clapped and chapped. Um, Hashtag vaxxed and waxed. Yeah. Summer 2021. Um, I have a comp for Dak. Check this out. Watch me work. Um, I've only seen the original once. So I can't like speak completely confidently to it. Um, but the new Avatar movie comes out next year. Is that correct? In 2022? 
Did not even know that that was in the works. You're you're on the pulse of this better than I am. Okay, so uh, Pete has not been browsing IMDb like I have. Um, The second Avatar movie has literally been in the works for like 10 years, right? And the first one was so like visionary because of all the like, I don't even want to call them graphics, but the like visual work and, you know, all this stuff, et cetera. And it has taken like, I don't know the budget uh, for Avatar 2. I'm looking this up at the moment. The budget, Pete, for Avatar 2 uh is 250 million dollars the budget for this one movie um and so and apparently the budget for avengers endgame uh if you're just curious like if you're a a movie fan uh it was 356 million dollars so this whole scenario is kind of like that to me like it's this incredibly hyped up thing because it's got this like Hollywood flair. Um, and we've seen it before in Avatar. We've seen Dak be great. The last, you know, version of Dak we saw was obviously statistically playing really well. I've also said before, I don't think that was sustainable. Um, yeah, there's no question. He's under a lot of pressure. Like, but I don't think he's under pressure to like perform. I, I think he's under pressure to justify. Those are two right. different things to me. Um, so I suppose your inclusion of Dak Prescott makes and sense. When you're, it, it's it's just it, it's so different than the rest of the league. And we've talked about this before about other things where you have the owner who shelled out all this money, who's very public about shelling all, all, out all that money, and he's going on the radio every week after every performance. It's mm-hmm. it's incredible. And you're coming off a major industry in, injury where you're almost expected to win comeback player of the year and the MVP at the same time. And he's going to do it, but I digress. Uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to put my last two together. Like I said, um, the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is also a candidate to be the Steelers or Texans quarterback in 2022. And that's where this is at. Like the Kellen Mond thing. Do I think Kellen Mond, and I say this as a fight in Texas Aggie, is better than Kirk Cousins? No. But Kirk will have a moment of struggle, obviously. And then the it will be too difficult. And Mike Zimmer, I think, is I know they extended him recently. I think Mike Zimmer is low key on the hot seat. And what is the like smash glass in case of emergency move for a head coach on the hot seat? It's to start the rookie quarterback, right? Like th- Yeah, because you know, and that's something about the NFL that sometimes you 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 don't love is there's a rush to do that. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes a guy could be thrown into a, a situation because, you know, to a fan base and to newspaper articles, shout out New York Post, um, it, it's really quick to to say, let's go for the unknown, which, may, you know, my, you never know. Right. Because un, you, you don't know someone's ceiling until you see them play. And so while you're watching Kirk do Kirk, where he's struggling in prime time and you, you start to say, well, we know exactly what Kirk is. We don't know what Kellen Mond is. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be a better situation for your football team. No, but the unknown is always up like, better in your mind. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's Barney Stinson once said new is always better, which is a debunked theory, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yes. it's what people believe. Like it's like, it has right. to be better because, it, because this sucks. Um, so I think the Vikings are under, and here's the thing, like, when when they signed Kirk in 2018, it was like this team is ready, right? Like this team, you know, challenged. This team lost the NFC Championship game. This defense, everything of Dalvin Cook. I mean, like there's a lot of ingredients there. And, and if Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Denver Broncos in the middle of Hard Knocks, um, like we sort of forecasted, then the pressure is elevated all the more because yeah. I I know that people feel a certain way about Kirk Cousins. But if Aaron Rodgers is traded or moves on from the Green Bay Packers, retires, whatever, isn't on their team in 2021, Kirk Cousins is undeniably the best quarterback 
in the division. And if he can't win the division with authority and challenge deeply in that environment, then something's really wrong. Um, quickly on the New Orleans Saints, I, I think the pressure here is like self-created, um, which is the worst kind of pressure. Um, and so like Sean Payton, by the way, congratulations to Sean Payton and his beautiful bride. I saw he got married over the weekend. So a uh, big weekend for Sean Payton. Happy Congrats, Father's Sean. Day to him yeah, too. Happy Father's um, Day. I mean, Sean Payton has kind of like made the bed, right? Like, I'm doing this. I'm doing the Jameis thing. I know my man Pedro Sweeney is all about famous Jameis, but I mean, Sean Payton is the one like, I can do this. I got this. Jameis, Taysom, let's roll. Cinnamon style, you know? And that's a really bold thing to like to do. You know what I mean? Like, they did not, you know, pull anything else off. And I mean, if – the, the the you know you talk about like windows like ending for teams like their roster has been so good and among the very best in the NFL but like that window is slowly and also abruptly ending and I think if you continue to not get it done while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers continue to have success like your your failure becomes all the more obvious and that becomes frustrating for everybody involved. RJ, really quickly here, how many how many W's do the Saints eat this year? Oh, um. I think nine. I think they're nine and eight. Nine and eight. Not gonna get it. Not not gonna be good for that kind of pressure that they they dealt with. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, I I think it. I don't. I don't think they're in like set for what I think is a Pittsburgh Steelers like collapse. But they will struggle, and it will be frustrating. And you know, they will voice their struggles. And like, I think I think Michael Thomas is the next wide receiver who wants out of his current situation. I think Michael Thomas is playing elsewhere in 2022 just because, like, it's it's getting to that point in New Orleans. I love just in a general sense, and I know not everybody loves this, but I tend to agree where Thomas will probably be in another place, and that's fun for the league. I've talked about fun things to start the show with this helmets. Having these stars jump from a team like the Falcons to the Tennessee Titans or Michael Thomas in a different uniform, what an exciting storyline. Like even to a lesser extent, we talked about the two worst teams potentially in the NFC. Kenny Galladay now with the New York Giants. I think it's just really interesting. And so I always like to see uh, some of these stars jump like we do see in the NBA. And it makes it a lot more fun on a year-to-year basis. Uh, Pete, wrap us up. One more team. Take us home. Last one. Super quick. Arizona Cardinals. Mmm. Cliff Kingsbury is now in his third season. Same for Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick, the former offensive rookie of the year. Who thinks the Cowboys were ass, by the way, to drop right. the actual A word that I you can't believe you said several it. times. Yeah, yeah. I'm bold. Wow. I'm feeling I'm feeling spicy today. Go ahead. My goodness. Um, sorry to all the kids. <laughs> no, I I I just think it, you know, it is a tough division. So I, eight and eight last year. I think you gotta break into the postseason in, in this upcoming campaign to deem it a success. And if you don't, you don't get in the postseason. Wild card. I'd be okay with wild card here. Nah, you, that's too little. At this point, if you don't nah. get in, if you don't get into a playoff game, if you don't get into a playoff game, you're you're suddenly starting to wonder if Cliff is the guy. I mean, I think it's more than Cliff. Um, to that point, like I think that the wonders are about more than Cliff. Um, I don't think it helps the Cardinals pressure. Uh, idea, if you want to call it that, that JJ Watt is now like the face of their team, right? Because JJ's like, I came here to win. Like that's what I'm about. I like, still whatever. think it's Kyler Murray, but he he is one of the faces of the Cardinals, and he's certainly the face of 2021. Like JJ right. Watt is going to be the 2021 face in a sense, and you have to live up to it. And 
That's I, I don't think Green the just are said today that this is going to be a, some tandem between Hopkins and Green. And I say to you, AJ, I hope so. But let's get on the field, my friend. Right. <laughs> let's be on the field for more than three games. Um, I I just I don't see this ending well uh, for the Cardinals, uh, which, you know, hey, if, if it does, you know, Pete and I will eat the crow. We have no problem serving up some crow, some humble pie. <laughs> uh wow uh everybody uh make sure to number one uh stay unchecked unlike pete uh yeah. number two uh subscribe follow the sb nation nfl show wherever you get your podcast look at pete everybody pete will give you his phone number if you subscribe to the sb nation nfl show if you leave a rating and you write a review he will answer all of your text messages if you have an iphone he will play all of the iphone games along with you um as well uh pete anything else you want to add anything you want to say anything you want to get off your chest before we sign off yet again yeah, I'm, I won't be here next week. I, we actually don't know who's going to be here next week, but we'll have mm. a show for sure, and we'll miss you. And, and that's all I want to say. I'm looking forward to speaking again in two weeks. That's right. Pete is headed. Uh, well, I don't want to tell anybody where you're headed because Pete already has a large enough entourage. I don't want everybody, you know, <laughs> pe- people are always charting his flights and, and no you know, about looking it. where he's headed. Yeah. Uh, Pete Sweeney, we love you. Everybody, we love you. We'll see you next week. This was Monday, Football Monday. Kaka! Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.